0: Well today I'm going to finish our series called One Nation Under God. And I want to begin by diving into the very first chapter in the book's Bible book of John. Because there it tells us about the God who made all things, who made all things, which also includes this nation. Amen. He includes all things and and how he came to earth to live among us. And so this scripture we're going to unpack this morning deals with that. So if you're ready to hear from God's Word this morning, just answer this question with a big old yes. Are you ready? Yes. That's pretty good for a 9 o'clock service. Yeah. Awesome. Ready to hear God's Word. Here we go. It goes like this. In the beginning was the Word. I want to stop right there. Other scriptures reveal that Jesus Christ is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the word, Jesus, was with God. And the word, once again, Jesus, was God. Man, powerful first verse. He was with God the Father in the beginning, and through him, meaning Jesus, all things were made. Without him, without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. Then the scripture goes on and it says, in him, Jesus, was life, and that life was the light Of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word, Jesus, became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and the only Son, who came from the Father. And dial this in, listen, came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, everybody, please answer this question out loud. When Jesus came, what did he come full of? That's it. He came full of grace and truth. Now, for decades and decades, most people in the United States of America believed those scriptures. They believed that Jesus is God, that he created all things, and that he came to earth. Most people in the USA believed in and at least respected. Jesus, and they believed that he had not only come, but that he was full of grace and truth. But today, I'm sad to say that that is no longer true for many in the USA. Now, most of you know, as I say that, you know that I'm not a doomsday kind of guy. You know that I'm not a sky is falling (laughs) kind of guy. Most of you know that. But according to Barna Research, a very respected research group, 48% of all Americans now identify themselves as being post-Christian. Now, what's that mean? Well, if somebody's a pre-Christian, it means that they don't know enough yet about the grace and truth of Jesus Christ to accept him as Savior and Lord. But if someone is a post-Christian, that means that they, they do know about the grace and the truth of Jesus. They do know his word, they do know his claims, but they reject his claims and they reject him as savior. That means that today nearly half, 48% of all who live in the USA, reject Jesus and his truths in the Bible. That means we are rapidly becoming a post-Christian nation. Now, in the early years of my life, back 50, 60 years ago, most people believed in Jesus, whether they wanted to follow him or not. But today, if you believe and have faith in Jesus, and you actually follow his teachings in the Bible, you are considered a fanatic on the fringe of our culture, a fanatic on the far-right fringes of our nation, But when I was growing up, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus was considered basically to be positive. Even by those who didn't want to follow him, at least they respected those who followed Jesus. But today, nearly half of the USA sees following Jesus, standing up for him, and living by his truths recorded in the Bible as something that's negative, not positive. But today, I want you to know that I am not ashamed to stand and say that I'm a Christian. I want you to know that I'm not ashamed to stand and say that I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? I'm not ashamed to stand and say that I'm a follower of his word and the teachings and his truths in the Bible. And I want you to know that I'm not ashamed to stand and say that I'm not only a Christian, but I'm an evangelical Christian. And that means that I am one who believes in sharing with others the message of Jesus Christ and the truths of Jesus Christ and the good news of life after death in heaven, amen? and i hope that you're willing to say the same thing so the big question i'm going to talk about today is this how do we share jesus with a post christian culture how do you share jesus with a post christian culture that knows most of the truths about jesus but has decided to reject those truths and him as savior the answer is right there in john chapter 1 verse 14 Like Jesus, we must also be full of both grace and truth. Now, one of the biggest challenges that we as Christians have is showing people who don't follow Jesus both grace and truth. Now, now some of you may have grown up in a church that was truth-only centered, only focused on the truths of Jesus. Those in a truth-only focused church might say things like, well, the Bible says it, and the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it, amen, conversation done. You may have grown up in church where people say, "Well, the Bible says that sinners without Jesus are going to die and go to hell." Those are true statements, but not a lot of grace in those statements. And probably some of you are dreading Thanksgiving because you've got a family member kind of like that. Maybe they're they're just hardcore truth only kind of people. All truth, no grace. Now it is true that without Jesus we're in trouble. But too often we share truth without showing grace first. You know, Jesus was standing by a woman that was once caught in adultery. And when the Pharisees were about to stone this woman that they had caught on this act of adultery, listen, the first thing that Jesus did was show her grace. He stood by her. He stood up for her. Not for her sin, but for her. The truth was she had sinned. The truth was she had disobeyed the law, but Jesus showed her grace first. So then he asked the Pharisees that had never sinned, you guys, never sinned? Go ahead and throw your stones first. (laughs) But they all had sinned, and they knew that they had all sinned. So they still went away, and they left her be. Jesus first showed her grace in spite of her sin, and then he shared the truth with her. Go and sin no more. Lady, you sinned, (laughs) but now go and sin no more. Now, some of you may have grown up in a church that was like that, truth-only centered, truth-only focused, but maybe some of you have grown up in a church that was grace-only focused, grace-only centered, and those in a grace-only focused church might say things like this. Well, it doesn't really matter what you believe just so long as you can live a happy life. Jesus loves you with all of his heart, So it doesn't really matter what you do. He understands you're not perfect. So just live the way you want to live and just be happy. Well, it's true that Jesus loves you. But the word tells you there's some things that you cannot do if you want to follow him. So the question is, how does Jesus want his followers, you and me, to live and share the good news, the life-changing news of Jesus with a post-Christian culture? The answer is this. We do it just like Jesus did it. We begin to live lives that are full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, both. Because what happens when you share a truth but you don't show grace? Maybe you've noticed this. Sharing the truth without showing grace leads to a legalism that then leads to rebellion. It leads to rules that then cause people to rebel. Maybe if you grew up in a church 50 or 60 years ago like I did, there are a bunch of rules in those churches, rules for those people who are followers of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I grew up in a small church in in rural southern Iowa, and at that time, no movies. Can you imagine a life with no theater? I mean, no movies? Uh Uh-uh. No movies. In fact, I was not taken to a movie or allowed to go to a movie until my mom and dad, after I asked a million questions about it, (laughs) finally took me when I was like eighth or ninth grade. It was my first movie. And then we walked out and they said, it's not that great, is it? I was awesome. (laughs) No dancing. My first dance. Here I was. I don't know how it happened, but I was elected senior class president. And that meant that I had to do the first dance alone with the homecoming queen because I was now the homecoming king in the middle of the gym with a spotlight on me with nobody else on the floor. I had never danced in my life. So what did I do? I said, mom, what am I gonna do? I don't know how to dance. And she goes, well, you know, the only dancer in my family is your grandma Neva. (laughs) She really knew how to cut it up. So as a senior in high school, what did Larry do? I would go to Grandma Neva, and I say, Grandma, teach me how to dance. You know how humiliating that was? <laughs> Grandma Neva and I, <laughs> in, in the living room, doing the first dance. But I made it through homecoming, all right? No swimsuits for girls without a cover-up on top. No, in some churches, no jewelry was even allowed. No men in church without a tie. Dresses had to be below the knees or they were illegal. Can you find that in the Bible anywhere? It's not there. 50 to 60 years ago, those were some of the rules, lots and lots of rules that I grew up with, lots of legalism. And legalism, you got to follow the rules if you're going to be right with God. So if you don't follow some of those legalistic rules, they're not even written in Scripture, then you're not right with God. And that's what some people say. And, and that is what sharing the truth without grace does. It leads to legalistic rules. It leads to some rebellion. Maybe some of you know that the Pharisees had come up with 600 different rules <laughs> that weren't even scriptural. 600 rules. Now, what's rebellion? Well, it's simply someone saying, I know what's right. I know what the rules are, but I no longer care. I know what I'm not supposed to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Now, every one of us, every human being is naturally rebellious against God and his ways. Every human is born naturally a sinner. I mean, if you don't believe me, just spend some time watching a two-year-old, amen? (laughs) They are naturally rebellious, right? You say to a two-year-old, come on now, honey, don't touch that. What do they do? They stare you down, they look you right in the eye, and then they go, and they touch it, all right? Naturally rebellious. You say to a two-year-old, do you need to go to the bathroom? And they look you straight in the eye and say, no, no. And then they immediately poop in their pants, <laughs> right? That's, that's a two-year-old for you. They're naturally rebellious. And the fastest way to raise a rebellious kid is to have a, a whole set of religious rules without relationship, all kinds of truth with no grace. And so often those of us who follow Jesus are quick to spit out some truth to someone with whom we have no relationship whatsoever. We spit out the truth without first showing them grace. But then comes the second problem, and that's showing tons of grace without ever sharing the truth. And that leads to relativism, which means There's no absolute truth. You can just kind of do whatever you want, believe whatever you want, and whatever you believe is right for you. Whatever you want to do is okay for you to do. God is understanding and he's forgiving and he's full of grace, but listen close, folks. Just as truth without grace is not good, grace without truth is not good. Those of us who call ourselves Christians, we've got to understand that we must model our lives after Jesus, And he came full of what? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. He modeled both grace and truth. And what's interesting in Scripture is that grace comes before truth. Did you notice that? Grace is listed there in the Scripture before truth. And I think that's because we need, as followers of Jesus, to lead with grace. To lead with grace. We need to show grace to people before we speak truth to people. So listen close. Let's be a place that is safe before people choose to believe what we speak. Say that again. Let's choose to be a place that is safe before people choose to believe what we speak. We need to be a safe place for people where they feel loved long before they even believe the truth that we speak. We need to be a safe place for people where they feel like they can belong long before they behave like the truths in the Bible. Our message should never be behave like us, and you can be a follower of Jesus like us. That's not the gospel. Our message should be come follow Jesus. Let him lead you into eternal life. Folks, it starts with Jesus. It starts with his amazing grace, and that's what leads others into behaving like Jesus, experiencing his amazing grace for them, as they walk in step with the truths of Jesus. You see, if we lead with just truth in a post-Christian culture that believes there's no absolute truth, like a rebellious kid, they're just going to stare at you, walk away from you, and just keep doing what they want to do. Now, I know that lots of churches and Christians haven't gotten this grace and truth thing right. And I know that sometimes we lean more towards truth and grace, spitting out the truth and showing grace. But for those of us listening today, my hope is it will become more and more like Jesus, showing both truth and grace. You know, because most post-Christians in the world, looking at us Christians and saying this This is why they don't want to follow Jesus. They look at us and they see us just spitting out the truth, but not much grace, and they say, your truth is so restrictive. The truth is so repressive. And so they need to see us modeling both the grace and truth of Jesus. And then hopefully one day they'll experience the the living, that living by the truth of Jesus is freeing to them. They'll experience that living by the truths of Jesus is life-giving to them. You know, when God said to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in the garden. You can eat from any tree in the garden, any one that you want, but not that one. Not that one. Now, when God said that, he was not being restrictive or repressive or some kind of killjoy No, instead, God was trying to keep them from something that would hurt them and actually keep them from the one thing in the garden that would actually cause them to physically die. He told them the truth. The rule was not stay away from what's fun. The rule was stay away from what's dangerous and enjoy all the rest of the things that I have given to you. Folks, the truths found in God's word may seem restrictive. They may seem repressive, but really they are protective. Amen? God's word, God's truth keeps us protected and safe. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And he wants to protect you from the things that can hurt you in this life and the things that can separate you from living life in heaven with him. But on the other side, what happens when we show just grace, but we never share the truth? What happens then? Well, I want you to hang with me here for a minute. The point point is coming, but listen close. In the 50s, most people went to church. They went to church, whether they knew God or worshiped Him or not. They, they, They went to church, and some worshiped God, but the church was also like their whole social life. There wasn't much of anything to do in the community outside of church and worship and gathering with your neighbors on Sunday. I grew up in a church where that's where the hayrides took place. (laughs) That's where the homemade ice cream socials took place. I I grew up as that social interaction was there in the church. But then in the 60s, lots of people left the church and got stoned. And some of you may not remember the 60s because that was you. (laughs) And if that's you, you're laughing right now, right? (laughs) Left the church, you got stoned. In the 70s then, we realized that churches were not being very effective. And so in the 80s, we really realized that we need to make church more relevant to really apply to people's lives. So in the 90s, a bunch of people like me started new churches, and we tried to do that. We tried to make church more relevant. And I don't know if you can remember all the way back to the late 80s and the early 90s, but before then, there weren't any worship teams, and heaven forbid, there were never drums on stage. Amen? Never. Oh, man, never drums. Just piano and, and no lyrics on a screen. Oh, man, that's like, are you turning into Disneyland? I had a person tell me that once. Are we going to be like Disneyland here in the church? Because got lyrics on the screen? Wow. There was nothing but piano, nothing but organ, nothing but a choir. Before then, there was no clapping to music in the churches. There was no clapping to praise or worship God. Before then, there were no small group Bible studies. Before then, there were no shorts or flip-flops allowed in church. Oh, man, aren't you glad we changed that, guys? But part of the challenge with all of that, trying to make church more relevant, part of the challenge of that in some places Is that the style of the church then becomes more important than the substance? The style, let's be cool, let's let's be relevant instead of let's show grace and share God's truth. When style is more important than substance, suddenly we've got a problem. We may be cool, but few lives are being changed because we're not showing really the grace of Jesus Christ, and we're not really sharing the truth of Jesus Christ, and so we may be hanging out together, but lives aren't being changed. Folks, we need to understand that people are not searching for a church that's cool, but a Savior that's real, amen? A Savior who is real, who can forgive them, who can wash them, who can, who can cleanse them, amen? I'm going to cry who can change their lives for now and all eternity, who can give them peace deep down on the inside. The world needs to know that Jesus is real, that he is the savior of the world. They need to know the truth about him, that he is the word made flesh, that he is the lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world, that he is the bread of life, that he is the living water that can wash you and cleanse you, that he is the way and the truth and the life. They need to know the truth about Jesus Christ. And all of God's church said, but they also need to experience through you and me that he's full of both grace and truth. So how do we share Jesus with a non-Christian, post-Christian world? We show grace and then we share truth. And that means that we show grace and share truth at all times. Even during times like this, during a pandemic, when fears are running higher than normal, when we can't do the things that we're used to doing like we used to do, people need love. They need grace. They need mercy, not just boom, 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 truth. They need both. Even during an election time like this, we need to share grace and truth with people who maybe disagree with us. We are the people of God, amen? Amen. Therefore, we must show our nation both grace and truth, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of us who follow Jesus must show that and share the truth. But those who follow Jesus, we must, like Jesus, follow him by doing exactly what he did. And that's showing both grace and truth at all times, in all ways, to all people, even those who are post-Christians, even those who don't agree with us. And folks, if we're going to reach our angry and divided nation, the church of Jesus Christ across the nation around the world, we need to be full of both grace and truth. Not just our opinions, (laughs) but grace and truth. Listen, God put you and me here at this time because he knew that he wanted to use you and me during this time to reach this nation, half of whom are saying I'm post-Christian. It's no accident that God decided to put you here, right here now at this time. God has a mission for you. He has a ministry for you with somebody who needs grace. And truth. And if we show grace and share truth in the same way that Jesus did, people are going to see Jesus in us. And they'll end up seeking Him as their Savior and Lord. And they will someday experience that amazing grace that Jesus poured out for them on the cross. They'll experience the chain breaking, the sin shattering, and the life giving truth of Jesus Christ. Listen, the bottom line is this, to reach our increasingly post-Christian nation, we've got to lead with grace. That doesn't mean that we ever compromise the truth. We never compromise the truth of God's word because when you know the truth, what the, what's the Bible say? You know the truth, the truth will set you free. We, we're not going to compromise the truth, but it just means that we lead with grace. And when people experience the grace of Jesus Christ flowing through you and me, they'll begin to open up their hearts more and more to His truth. And as we continue to show them grace and share truth, they'll come to that place where they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen? Folks, I know this message has been repetitive. Grace, truth, grace, truth, grace, truth. But we've got to drive that home in our hearts. Amen? We've got to live like Jesus lived. Would you bow your heads with me? Today, some of you might say, I am a follower of Jesus, but I want to help others in our nation come to know him as well. And if that's where you are, would you pray this prayer in your heart as I pray? Would you just simply say, God, help me to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to care. Help me to show your love with grace and truth to others. And today, some of you might say, whether you're here in person or whether you're watching online, you might say, I'm not yet a follower of Jesus. But today, I want to start following him. Would you just pray this prayer in your heart after me? Father God, I need your grace. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I want to follow you. Fill me with your spirit so I can be saved by your grace and changed by your truth. Today I give my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. amen, amen. Would you please stand with me?